Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napson. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and unfortunately, this is normally where you would hear, I'm Jennifer Landa. It is unfortunate that Jennifer isn't here, but it is fortunate that Jennifer is doing what she needs to do, living her life, taking a little break. She will be back to join us very soon. She will be back indeed, and we are going to discuss breaking news from a long time ago. It's the Star Wars news show, and we're going to dive into a couple cool stories that uh, will lead to 
speculation done responsibly and theories and what ifs and ideas and all those kind of things. Hey, the news inspires conversation. Today's podcast, though, and and broadcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. And yeah, you're right, Joseph. You said the last week's episodes. Now probably well over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we have a Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. That's one of the A's. The other A we got around these parts is the ask. And Joseph, what's our current ask? We are still building our Patreon. Uh, Everyone has been so supportive over on Patreon. We passed a, a great goal a little while back. Uh, to get uh, enough funds to have Jennifer create a new YouTube show, which she is going to do a series of five shows uh, called Jedi Beat. It is a mixture of sort of NPR meets Star Wars infused with Jennifer's trademark enthusiasm, love and curiosity about all things Star Wars. She's going to be diving into cantina creatures, all sorts of fun, different behind the scenes things that is going to be coming out in July. So look for that. So thank you all for making that possible. Uh, We are continuing to build the Patreon. Uh, We are heading toward a goal of uh, $2,200 a month, and we will do a special Star Wars ranked episode that will be live streamed for patrons. Uh, We did one of these already, and it was great fun, so we would love to do another. Also, joining our Patreon will get you access to our current Other Center podcast, Indiana Jones and the Perilous Podcast. We're having so much fun talking about Indy in the summer of Indiana Jones. So if you're interested in any of that, you can check it out at patreon.com slash force center. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And the next one up for our recording process is uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I cannot wait to dive into that film. I almost literally couldn't wait. I needed to uh, watch something with breakfast uh, the other day with a weird schedule. And and it's like, I should watch uh, Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Like, no, I want to watch it a little closer to when we're recording. So like, uh, literally, like one hand was reaching for it and the other hand pulled it back. So soon, Crystal Skull, soon. Soon, indeed. Thank you to all those who have listened and uh, been supporting over there. It really helps the show, as you all know. All right, let's, uh, well, I was going to say, let's get into the news. But no, no, no. Uh, we're going to catch up on Star Wars with Life Adventures. And I don't know, that's a loaded question, Joseph. Life's been real busy and challenging all <laughs> all around, for not just you and I, but uh, anyone listening. It's a crazy time out there. But did Star Wars find its way in to calm you down, to rev you up, or just oh. keep you going? Oh, yeah, l- 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 calming and revving. <laughs> sounds like uh, some uh, weird band Uh, I was big fans of Calming and Revving I don't know if you ever got Mm -hmm. to see them at first half but Calming and Revving are great Uh, no I'm I'm, this has been a wonderful and stressful time Uh, obviously the WGA strike affects some of the things I'm doing it affects a ton of the people uh, that I care about in my life Uh, it it physically affects the (laughs) environment of Los Angeles uh, as you drive around and the honking and all that great stuff so that is uh, a big thing on my mind Uh, I'm having so much fun working on this short film uh, The Nightmare Adorable Uh, The Kickstarter for it is wrapping up on this Thursday, June 1st at 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, So I'm really, really deep into uh, prepping for that. And as anybody who's ever watched uh, behind the scenes of anything that has ever been made (laughs) knows it's a ton of fun. But then it's also, you know, just keeping everything on the rails. Uh, Got some family stuff going on as well. So it's just been uh, a lot of juggling. 
and Star Wars has actually shown up uh, to, as you said, rev and calm. Uh, I think <laughs> the revving has been doing, you know, some of the four center stuff. We did a live stream on Saturday that was just a, a ton of fun and revved me up. But I have really been turning to Star Wars for the uh, life lessons of <laughs> deep breath, calm down, don't worry about things that could go wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, plan ahead, but stay in the moment, all those things. Uh, and I had, I've, I've been taking some moments to try to, to picture the Qui-Gon kneel and take a breath that we talk about, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love. But then I did find it creeping in my mind when I was trying to do that about stressful things like, but then he, he does die. So I don't know if I <laughs> want to focus on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to flip through the uh, the old mental Rolodex for some other images. Uh, I've thought a lot about Tara Sanube. I have this uh, wonderful custom figure on my desk made by uh, listener Will Dixon. Thank you, Will. So I was thinking a lot about that, the lessons of uh, Lightsaber Lost, that episode of The Clone Wars, of slow down, but take action when you need to. Look ahead and decide exactly what moment you need to move fast, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I think Tara Sanube would be great at film production. Slow down, take it easy, and then when you need to strike, mm-hmm. <laughs> out comes the lightsaber cane. Yeah. Uh, so that that was really good. Final thing for me is uh, there's an Obi-Wan action figure uh, that I coveted for a while um, that is Attack of the Clones uh, era. It, it's his his look from Attack of the Clones. Uh, I can't remember what actual line of action figures it's from, but it has as the image of Obi-Wan uh, the most black velvet painting of jesus image <laughs> of obi-wan kenobi and i mean no disrespect to the the faithful but mm. everybody knows what i'm talking about people have made the jokes with qui-gon and obi-wan with the haircut uh you know the memes of you know people <laughs> yeah. people grandmothers actually getting confused it's just the rendering of the art it, in it it makes me laugh and it calms me so that obi-wan action figure has also been helping that's that's amazing that's yeah. great so a lot of Jedi here for me. A lot of Jedi. How about you? What would have uh, your life in Star Wars adventures been? Well, one of the things I think we got to you and I both uh, cite that Qui-Gon uh, dropping to his knees and finding calm moment as being important to us. And I know it's important to a lot of our listeners. And he mm-hmm. does die, which is part of what's going on there, part, part of everything. But, so maybe we do have to seek out like an alternate answer. Terrace New <laughs> place to start. I know what you yeah. mean. Uh, yeah, and I, just real quick, I'm not judging that Qui-Gon moment. I think the importance of that Qui-Gon moment is that is the way a Jedi should face a fight. Yeah. It isn't about yeah. anger and speed and rushing to the finish. It is about being calm and present yeah. in the moment and, and, and fighting because there is truly no other alternative. Yeah. Uh, and that, to me, is what those those moments are about. I'm not like, Ugh, shouldn't have taken a deep breath or he wouldn't have died. I don't want anyone to think that's what I'm taking away from yeah. that moment. I'm with you. This could spin off real easily to a force center deep dive on that moment. I, I think it still <laughs> means so much. And it goes into even what you and I have talked over the years and how, you know, our different experiences with, say, sports and competition. We, we've kind of come to this really nice, I think, warm center of there is lessons to be learned in the journey and and, 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 and getting better and competition can make you better. But it, the, the end result is not necessarily the goal, but that's what's focused on too much in society. Mm-hmm. I think Qui-Gon is on his way to the Super Bowl, whether he wins or loss, loses in that moment. The win or loss doesn't matter. He's on his knees, calm, at peace. And I think uh, I think it's an important moment. Still is. Always will be. Yep, yep, and we see where all that rage gets uh, Darth Maul. Anyway, back to your life adventures, now that I had my uh, my Qui-Gon yeah. caveat. 
Yeah, no, I've, I've been having a lot of fun uh, uh, doing some some writing, uh, working some new gigs. Uh, uh, I can't um, fully divulge yet, but uh, fun kind of part time stuff in the, in the nerd world. Spending a lot of time with Indiana Jones, both here uh, and for this uh, writing gig I've been doing. So it's been fun. But I have met new people along the way, and even yesterday I was at a friend's house who, who I know very well, and I kind of met some new people or people I hadn't seen me in a while. And they did the old "Hey, what you been up to? What do you do?" type of thing. Right? It's always a loaded question in LA. Um, and eventually you and I will always, you know, you have to answer Star Wars podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I tr- I've been tr- struggling. I even had a, this this job interview a couple weeks ago of like trying to explain what Force Center is and trying to boil it down. And I have many times used, and, and you've you've been in the room or on shows when we've done this, Joseph. I've I've, I've gone to our our scene by scene breakdown of, of Dexter Jetster's diner as the the ultimate example of maybe what we do. And I don't even know if that's right, but that's the only way I can explain it. Of Hey, so you know that scene that everyone else, not everyone else, but a lot of people uh, in pop culture have made fun of or didn't get, or just uh, don't think it's great that there's a fifties diner. We did a two hour episode to break that down and how it's thematically important. And I even had this, uh, the wedding I was at last uh, week and a half ago. <laughs> um, and then at this uh, dinner last night, I was at, at this friend's house and, and I'm, I'm collecting the blank stares. I'm, I'm collecting them, and so I'm like, maybe that's not the best way to explain what we do. So one of the one of the things that came up uh, in this conversation yesterday was like, hey, look, our kind of philosophy is eh, right. Maybe, maybe great. Maybe you don't like the sequel trilogy and you don't love the character of Ray. Wonderful, but you don't get to tell the five year old girl at a convention dressed as Ray that she's wrong. Right? That's kind of one of our approaches and how we look at Star Wars. And that seemed that everyone everyone there went, oh yeah, and one person actually went, yeah, that's. I really like that. So I was like, okay, I got to find, how do I, what's the elevator pitch on Force Center? It's <laughs> my thought. <laughs> the Dexter Jester one entertains me because in a way it's almost me challenging. It's almost a little bravado, right? Like, and I don't want it to be taken that way, but it's a little bit of like, hey, you know that character you hate? We love him and here's why. Like, I don't want it to be that, but I, I don't know. So I'm struggling <laughs> to sell Force Center in an elevator. Yeah, no, you know, it's been one of the great joys of my life that I haven't had to turn four center in an elevator pitch because that's (laughs) so much of what uh, trying to get anything uh, Mm -hmm. pitched, made, uh, get people uh, on board in Hollywood is like, okay, what's the 15 second version? What's the 30 second version? What's the 60 minute version? What's the two page treatment? What's the 10 page treatment? (laughs) Yeah. And I just said, it, it, the thing is the thing, Uh, you know, it, 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 that, that's so much of the work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I think when I've been telling people about Four Center, I think I always say, you know, we we talk about all of the fun stuff, and we talk mm-hmm. about the lightsabers, and which fight is awesome, and which bounty hunter we like, but we also really like to dig into the ideas. And I think I usually say, like, you know, Star Wars has a lot to say about anger because I think mm-hmm. even the most casual Star Wars. Uh, 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 watcher gets mm-hmm. <laughs> uh the mm-hmm. number of uh, you know wise old people who's like don't do the dark side <laughs> yeah don't do the anger and i think that has kind of been my elevator pitch and then and then if people are uh not uh tuning out or falling asleep at that point of <laughs> 11 seconds into the elevator pitch yeah i think i'll i'll go for the it, it's it's really gratifying to hear from listeners that talking about those real life issues in Star Wars uh, uh, has affected the real life and it's affected mine too. It's affected the way yeah. that I handle things by actually trying to uh, really recognize the big picture ideas and how could they help me in life. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I think that usually turns into a cool, good for you. And I don't know. And, and I think sometimes people are very intrigued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think sometimes it's like I've explained to somebody who hates mushrooms why I like mushrooms. And they're like, good yeah. for you. Mush- that mushroom's never touching my mouth, but good for you, yeah. you know? No, this is all great. Wonderful. I, I'd love to hear from our, 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 our four center listeners. Like, how do you explain it? Because a lot of you are so good. You, I'll see tweets of like, oh, you got to check out this show. Check out Four Center. We really appreciate those because, because uh, you know, that uh, grassroots type of uh, advertising is what works for us. Yeah. And, and, and boiling it down and, and celebrating Star Wars is the way to do it. And, and uh, you know, we've we've talked to you and I that the word positive could be weaponized real quick against mm-hmm. things. And yeah, I've had those months and, and I apologize. I apologize. This is it. This is it. Let me scoop up the name that I'm dropping here. I, I did have a conversation with, with Jet Lucas about this at, at a party <laughs> and, and I did. He had, and I said, well, this is we celebrate and not that to say that everything's perfect, but we just focus on on what's there for us. And he turned he goes, so like you you find something that you like in all of them. And I went, yeah. And he goes, oh, that's great. Not a lot of people do that. <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> OK, I'm going to take that from him. But that, that's the way that, that I, I think we we obviously what we try to do. But anyway, I always say this that it, is it, it has now come up two weekends in a row where I've had this. I've had to explain for center in conversation and I'm struggling to find the best way. <laughs> maybe Dexter Jetster will remain. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the Dexter Jetster conversation makes sense for people who are in in the Star Wars bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, but yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know the diner forearms. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And at the wedding, this wedding, the guy, this guy, he he, because he he got someone said. I think it was Mark Ellis said. Hey, you, you want to talk Star Wars? Go talk to that guy. And so he came uh, over with a big smile. Oh, I hear you have Star Wars. And we start talking. And then I brought up, brought up the Dexter Jetster episode. And he, and he looks at me and he had a drink in his hand. And he goes, all right, so I'm, I'm going to have to have you explain to me why. <laughs> he wasn't being a, a-hole. or He just was like, I don't. Oh, and so I, I explained my, you know, intersection of knowledge and wisdom. And da, 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 and he just went, man, yeah, see, I don't. Yeah, I haven't really looked at Star Wars that way. <laughs> so it's there. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out how to sell it. Anyways, that's all I did. That's my Star Wars adventures, selling Force Center. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we could have this pitch meeting live on yes. a broadcast. Yes. You out there, let us know. Let us know. Hashtag, here's what I sell Force Center with. That's a long hashtag. Uh, love to help you. Help us uh, uh, sell, the, sell, the, sell the brand. All right. <laughs> let's get to the news, which is part of what we do around here. Uh, looking at the news this week, uh, a lot going on as always, but uh, because of some movie promotion out there, we're getting some Star Wars news. The future of Luke Skywalker, according to Mark Hamill. Uh, that's a misleading uh, maybe headline for me, but having fun with that. Mark Hamill has been busy promoting The Machine, the comedy he stars in along with Burt Kreischer. His uh, profile in Esquire has generated some headlines. Uh, Mark talked about beginning to disengage from Star Wars after reading the script for The Last Jedi, which he explained and uh, uh, also explained in a, a Hollywood Reporter article, helped fuel some of his emotions in the scenes. And we can come back to that if you want, Joseph. That's yes. an interesting point. <laughs> Uh, he also discussed his return with uh, Luke as uh, with the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett saying he was, quote, very impressed with the Mandalorian when John and Dave pitched him the idea and showed him the first season. And that kind of led to him uh, trying out this uh, new way to do Luke. And then when asked about a digital Luke appearing in future content, he said, people say, oh, now you're going to be able to do a whole series of Luke post Return of the Jedi. I said, I don't think so. First of all, they don't need to tell those stories. But if they do, they could get an age appropriate actor. 
And the interviewer, Brady Langman, adds, uh, Hamill maintains that Luke Skywalker has three things, a beginning, a middle, and an end. So first off, uh, we're going to talk about those three acts, but actually uh, the prequel to that first off, Joseph, is uh, a lot of uh, uh, disengaging with Star Wars, fueling from some of his Luke Skywalker Last Jedi emotions. What'd you take from that? Yeah, I think I saw some... uh ambiguous headline so then i just i wanted to go mm-hmm. look at the actual hollywood reporter article and uh this was the quote from that uh article uh that uh, a quote from uh, mr hamill uh well the whole thing was emotional because when i read uh episode eight i knew it was over so i was relishing every moment but also saying goodbye to all those people that i had associated with over the years so i still miss them mm-hmm. so uh, for me that's pretty clear that he's saying I realized that uh, Luke Skywalker was passing into the force. So I wasn't going to be like one of the main characters of episode nine. So because Luke's journey was over, I was relishing that. And I've seen uh, some headlines that are, that are phrased a little bit more the the way uh, it is in our rundown here of like, uh, after reading the script for last Jedi, he disengaged, Mm -hmm. uh, which sounds like because he uh, did not like the script. Right. Um, so I just yeah. wanted that clarity that I believe that what he is saying is I started to step back because I realized it was my last big film. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously uh, Mark Hamill has uh, been open about his struggles with the last Jedi. He has then also said complimentary things. And, and mm-hmm. frankly, I feel like <laughs> we've all had that go around on those conversations. And uh, yeah. that's the least interesting thing for me to discuss at this point. Is, mm-hmm. The trajectory is pretty clear. He struggled with it. And then afterwards, he said, uh, but it the film turned out great, and I'm really happy with it. Yeah, yeah. There's some stuff that Hollywood Reporter article I didn't pull out of uh, him, him uh, really be exciting, being, being excited about that performance and everything there. Uh, and he also cited uh, his role in uh, that movie uh, Sushi Girl, which he actually had come on Schmo's note to promote back in the day. So that was a flashback wow. 10 years ago of that little indie uh, film he'd done. Uh, before Force Awakens came out, so uh, yeah, no, I, I love what you're saying there too. Yeah, it, it's some stuff. It's like, yeah, we, we here we go again type of vibe, right? Um, with some of the headlines that spit out of it, and I really liked it. It made sense because the 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 um they they brought up that in that interview the the BTS shot of him kind of on his knees, really emotional in that scene, and you know it's what a great actor does, and you draw upon something, and and him saying goodbye, letting go as Luke needs to uh, overall in that story. Uh, it was, great. it was a great little bit of insight and, and kind of made me appreciate the moment even more. Mm-hmm. So personal. Uh, but yeah, so going to this uh, idea here. And and look, uh, Mark Hamill for decades has had a lot of thoughts about Luke Skywalker, as he should, because he's uh, the heart and soul of this character in a lot of ways. Uh, whether it's uh, he should be ripped and muscular with a skull uh, earring and uh, that's some of the <laughs> stuff he wanted for Return of the Jedi, whether it should be a 50-foot giant in The Last Jedi all these things uh, have, have come out from time to time. He's got a lot of opinions on it there. But I do want to dive into this. Uh, Luke has three acts. Uh, I, I agree with that. That's what most characters might have, you know, beginning of the journey, the middle and the end of the journey. And we've got to see it all. And, then, and for Luke, he gets to go on a little bit, which is something we're going to discuss about, thanks to the power of Force Ghosts. Uh, but how do we feel about that middle? And it's kind of a leading question, just because we've talked <laughs> a lot about what we still might want to see with that character. And so, uh, you know, more, more stories to tell is the question. And is Mark right? I'm not here to debate Mark Hamill, but, <laughs> you know, they don't need to tell them uh, is, is what he said. That That's something you and I don't think he means that super negative like people mean with we didn't need solo, which is one of my little pet peeve comments out there. 
But uh, let's focus on the middle. What do you think about all this? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I think that we can uh, uh, sometimes really uh, parse mm-hmm. <laughs> individual words that you know that actors choose. We we hold Mark Hamill in such high esteem. I think he is you know a great ambassador for Star Wars, a great person, and and endless endless good things. But he's also just given an interview about another movie. That's why he's doing this. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to you know, uh, over obsess on the word need, you know, it's an off the cuff thing. It's not like he, you know, sat down, thought about it, wrote it and like called press to his house and said, Hey everybody, I have an announcement. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, it's an off the cuff thing. So Mm -hmm. first that's my, my first thought of the perspective from Mark Hamill, uh, from my own perspective is a star Wars fan. Uh, I think that Luke Skywalker does have a beginning. Uh, he definitely has an end and I think he has an implied middle. Um, we yes. have in modern canon, we have bits and pieces of storytelling. Now we have those great appearances in Mandalorian in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, we have some of uh, a sense of what he's poked around in in the comics like Shattered Empire. Right away, his interest is in collecting Jedi artifacts. Uh, we know from the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book that I won't stop talking about that he does mm-hmm. form a, a functioning school, a functioning order. Uh, so there's a lot there's a lot there. But there's plenty of middle left to tell, in in my opinion, that there could be lots that we don't know. Um, I guess Shadow of the Sith is another part of the middle. Uh, but I think there are a lot of beats and steps along that journey. We see him at the end of Return of the Jedi become a Jedi. We have seen now on screen his first baby steps toward starting a school. And then we catch up with him in The Last Jedi after that has fallen apart. I think there's plenty of room. Um, I have uh, I have some potentially strong opinions on this whole idea of need versus want, but I want to <laughs> pause myself and uh, and see what you think about the middle part. Yeah, no, uh, implied middle is a great way to look at it, uh, and that's, I think a lot of that for me. This is a personal uh, view of it. Of just comes as uh, from the situation of of uh, you know how these films came to be, the sequel trilogy, and and, and time passing. And we get this chance to have these characters come back and, and, and they decided to tell the story in sort of real time, right? With the Force Awakens being decades later. And I love that. And, and, and I still, as much as I wanted to maybe see the big three on screen together again, I do um, agree with people who bemoan that. I understand it. I'm there with you. But I, I've always loved the, the risky ending of Force Awakens and where it goes. And I thought it was, uh, thought it was great. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'll say this. I, I want your strong opinions here. I kind of, uh, at the risk of sounding like I'm slamming my fist down on the table, I kind of need these stories. This <laughs> is one of the greatest characters of all time. And a lot of EU fans are raising their hands and going, Ken, you always flag on the EU from time to time. Uh, uh, we got those stories there. Well, yeah, look, fine. Let's explore that era. I think the the there's been so much what you're talking about the shattered empire shadow of the sith great example to pull in uh you should keep talking about the rise of kylo ren comics <laughs> great Luke stuff uh, there's a there's a there is a lot of room and there's a lot of questions and we might never get the answers that's fine that's fine we can we can roll around with it but if we have the opportunity to do this the content oh sorry i use that word but the art the star wars art <laughs> um, goes on 
Like, uh, I, I think there's a, a could be a healthy thirst. There could also be an unhealthy thirst. That's the danger of thirst. Uh, <laughs> balance must be found. And, and I'm, I'm excited <laughs> of where, where we're at, right? I'm excited mm-hmm. of what would, could come no matter how we get there. Animated, uh, digital, digitized Luke, a new actor. We're going to talk about that in a second. I, I think uh, I've become more excited because I think I, to, to borrow Mark's word uh, or, the, or the article's word, I started to disengage with the idea of getting more Luke, right? I just thought, mm-hmm. well, none of this are going to happen. Uh, you, no matter how many times they come on a podcast and say we'd like a, a, an animated adventure of him and Laura Santec, it's just not going to happen. And I just have to accept that and have to let it go. And now there's a little bit of hope of we could find out more. And I think with, with Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett, that hope's been fed a little bit of like, mm-hmm. here's more where he is. And, and that's why I think um, despite some of the controversies or hot takes around the, the the technology that made that possible, I'm still moved by it. I'm still moved. There's that first moment of watching Book of Boba Fett, and I'm like, I'm staring at Luke and Ahsoka. What? Oh my God! This is something I never thought I'd I, I'd seen in any shape or form. And so that 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 gives me the hopefully balanced thirst for more. Yeah. No. I mean, I loved his appearance in The Mandalorian because I I think it, it gave us that uh, pulp action thrill of watching him take down those, those uh, monstrous droids out to, mm-hmm. to hurt an innocent child. And uh, the, the depth of him being there uh, responding to a, a ask for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but book of Boba Fett blew my mind because that's, that's Luke in the middle to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the beginning of his middle journey of I am calm. I'm at peace. I'm still wrestling with things. I'm still trying to figure out exactly the way forward um, you know, desirous of uh, Auntie Ahsoka's help, <laughs> uh, but just the the piece of him showing Grogu what it's all about. You know, uh, I love that Luke, and I would like to spend more time with that Luke and see some of the victories that maybe do lead him to being a, a little cocky, as I think happens mm-hmm. to many of us when we have yeah. wins. Um, so in, it, I I want <laughs> I want more Luke. I want more middle Luke. Um, the whole need or want thing for me is I think we we need uh, stories. I think we need food and water and oxygen. Uh, but for our souls, I think we need stories. Are there certain stories that we want more? Sure. Um, but need need versus want is is so subjective. Uh, yeah, I'm perfectly happy with uh, Kino Loy's story. I think that's a mm-hmm. beautiful button for it in Andor. Uh, of I don't need to know what happened to him. Um, but if Kino Loy showed up and uh, he's the test subject they made Snoke out of, I wouldn't mm-hmm. lose my mind because that <laughs> doesn't change anything about the Kino Loy beat that right. came before. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I feel very flexible about need or want. What I do have really strong opinions about is Star Wars is a saga. It's a, a, a canon of legends. And, and we use that word canon to, to I think, mm-hmm sometimes almost interchangeably with continuity. Uh, But canon is what are the collections of individual stories that add up to the entire myth, Mm. uh, the entire truth of the narrative. Um, And since Star Wars is a story that has been told that way since the beginning, beginning, I think the, this canon of legends, this canon of myths often benefits from expanding. Uh, If, if the money never showed up for Empire Strikes Back, the first Star Wars film, you know, probably would have never been known as A New Hope and it would just be known yeah. as Star Wars. It would still be great. Um, yeah. The the prequels completed Anakin Skywalker's 
story. We, we know everything that we need to know to understand his story. Uh, but the audience and the canon of legends benefited greatly from the Clone Wars, mm. from fleshing out the political realities of that time, from uh, fleshing out uh, Anakin Skywalker's fall, from, from having more room to see the good side of how uh, compassionate and creative he was and to see how that compassion and that, that um, love of others can curdle into mm-hmm. something, uh, into possession. Uh, we, I don't, you know, did, did we need that or did the story just get made much, much richer by, by being that um, mm-hmm. final example I'll throw out and I could just keep going. We understand from the first film, Star Wars, that a Rebel Alliance formed. So do we need the TV show Rebels? Do we need the TV show Andor? Um, I, I think that, that that's what's, what's, what's frustrating, is need or want is a, is a weird, mm-hmm. unnecessary binary to me mm-hmm. of, is it wanted? Uh, would it add to the character? Would it add to the depth or the complexity of the larger story? Would it introduce a new character like, say, Ahsoka or Biduimo? <laughs> would it add uh, new perspectives? And in the case of something like Rebels, would it add new entry points for a new generation? Yeah, Those are some of the values. And, and I think that when we have this conversations about like Luke Skywalker's story is good in the movies, we, we don't need to touch it almost always from a perspective of people who've lived with the story for a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, what if there was a, a Luke Skywalker show with, uh, with a new actor playing Luke Skywalker? And that was somebody's first Star Wars. And that was their entry point. Mm-hmm. Those people would feel like, yeah, I needed that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I, I, no. didn't, I, I took the talking hammer for, <laughs> no, no, for no, too no. long. No. But I just think it's, I think it's important to consider all the perspectives. I have uh, I I have to admit my you know my frustration with that need the 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 we didn't need that vibe because of how it relates to Solo. I'm a fan of that movie as you are and as, as a lot of fans uh, of Four Center and listeners are love we love Solo right and, and I still bristle when someone like rolls their eyes and like we didn't even need that we didn't need anything you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need any of this. Uh, we have no right to any of this. Uh, but for me, I'm like as uh, don't you want to spend time with someone like a character that you love? Don't you want to spend more time with them? And for me, I don't need it in terms of that's how he got his blaster. That's how he did the Kessel run. That to me, is just the, 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 the frosting on the cake. Uh, it, it's, it's more lessons to learn from him, a, a character that has moved me and inspired me and challenged me and, and just been fun to have around for me. So I was, yeah, I didn't. I didn't need more time with Solo, but I got more time with Solo because of that. I got new lessons from my own life, mm-hmm. new lessons from the character, new things to think about. Uh, there is uh, this is the world we live in. I was just watching a a, a Feige on Favreau interview fifteen years after Iron Man, which is a crazy mm. uh, number. It, it's on the Marvel YouTube channel. I actually recommend you all check it out. It's pretty fascinating and have them look back and go to the beginning when an independent Marvel Studios is making this film and taking this <laughs> big risk. And Feige gives Favreau credit. He's like, you talk, you know, back then you were talking about the power of IP. And and there's a lot of business uh, behind that. And, and mm-hmm. Favreau did mean some of the business, but he also meant like the, there's a story. There's power to these worlds we're crawling around in. 
and you can pull from them and 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 they go into it, it's fascinating because it's a post Mandalorian, but to hear if I ever talk about it, yeah, you have the fans that probably know it better than you and I, Kevin. And you gotta make them happy and you gotta make the fans who are like, <laughs> who's Iron Man? You gotta make them happy. But anyways, to fly to the Star Wars, yeah, yeah. Uh this like again, this is not to uh drive to uh, Mark Hamill's living room and disagree with him here is yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think actually I think you're going even back again, what you said is like I don't even think he meant this aggressively or negatively. No. No, they, don't, they don't need to do this. Uh, you don't need to center me uh, in the story. That's how I almost take it of like, no, 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 no. And if they're going to find someone else, my time in this role might be uh, done in terms of this, this big kind of uh, heavy lifting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. There's, there's more to learn. There's more people to bring into it. And you bring up the, the Ahsoka factor. Like we didn't need the clone wars. You're right. Mm-hmm. But because of that, we have a character that not, not only has a big show coming out, but has been the character. For an entire generation of Star Wars fans, you know, who, who, mm-hmm. who went to that character. Everything that has been, oh, why do we have to go back to Tatooine? Why do we have to spend time with a new character? Fair points. I, I can understand that, but it's brought so many new things and new characters. And, and whether some of them are, are going to be iconic characters in Star Wars 40 years from now, I, I don't know. But you got to try. And I think there's so much new with the old. Hey, it's a theme that, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we could put on a four center t-shirt there. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, a lot of thoughts as well. Need versus want. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a real surface level critique that just kind of uh, raises my hackles when I hear it. Yeah, no, uh, me too. And I think that's, that's why I wanted to spend some real time on it. Not mm-hmm. because I feel like, like I said, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think this is a, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is what Mark Hamill is sitting around thinking about. He's like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. sure. Well, fine. Yeah. Whatever. No. Um, but I think because it can become such a, a fan uh, point of discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I deeply, deeply want more uh, middle Luke Skywalker storytelling. So I'm hopeful <laughs> for it. Yeah, uh, and because of that, well, you know, because of that, that we'll go into this part of the discussion. Uh, Mark's suggestion of an age-appropriate actor, uh, I thought, was pretty clear. Again, he's not saying they should; he's just saying if they're going to do it, this is what they might do. Uh, and I, by the way, I think if that's a, a again a big role that requires that heavy lifting, I think if there's another appearance in Mando Four or something like that, I, I still think he'd probably be interested in doing it. I don't think that's what he's taken to be clear as well. But uh, my question is here: seeing this and seeing this very just kind of clearly stated, could that serve as a de facto blessing to recast going forward? And, and I don't, again, need versus want. I don't know if we need that, Joseph. Uh, but does that help? Could that help the fandom accept that? And yeah, I'm kind of looking out of the side of my eye at, at what poor Alden Ehrenreich went with went through. Uh, with the solo stuff there, which um, was, uh, you know, I'm sure he's okay. I'm sure he wakes up every day happy. But, like, you know, it, it, it's something that still frustrates me. I, I hear that a lot. Like, like uh, all he, he he took a great role. He took he did it, and he did it to the point where people who know the character are happy with it. Uh, and a lot of fans are happy with it. But uh, um, I'm just wondering going forward, if we get, cast someone in this role, and it's Luke, and it's... You know, from Sebastian Stan down to uh, one of the guys who played him on, on Mando, Book of Boba Fett, or someone new. Uh, would this help in any way, shape, or form? I think it would help for for some people. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Harrison Ford, I think I retweeted it on the Force Center uh, Twitter account recently because it just popped up the Harrison Ford's quote about, like, I love everything he did. He made such smart choices. The reports that Harrison Ford saw Solo twice because he just wanted to appreciate Alden Ehrenreich's acting choices. Uh, that means a lot to me. I'm happy with that. Um, but I don't know that that has changed the mind of anybody who doesn't like the film, doesn't like Alden, yeah. you know, 
thinks it should have been <laughs> AI or whatever, uh, or, or just thinks a film shouldn't have been made. I wonder um, if that makes a difference. I think, I think Mark Hamill has, is always, uh, he's always honest and he's always a great ambassador for Star Wars. I think he's always mm-hmm. both of those things. So I think if, uh, if an actor was cast, I think you'd hear about it. And I think that he would probably have like a fun joking, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, relationship and encouragement. I mean, he's so supportive mm-hmm. of uh, uh, younger performers. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's uh, you know, he's so supportive uh, in singing the praises of Daisy Ridley. Um, he, he, uh, uh, he re- retweeting, he, you're not retweeting, but he like, he tweets for no reason at all. Here's, here's a bunch of photos of this actor, uh, that he's worked with. He's a huge fan of comedy, which is, mm-hmm. I think a part of the reason he's in this, this film, the machine. So I think if there, if there was a new actor cast, I don't think this is the last we would hear about it, um, yep. from Mark Hamill. And and uh, before anyone uh, reminds us, yes, we're aware. Like when, when uh, Grant Feely was announced as Luke Skywalker and Kenobi, Mark Hamill was first in line to say welcome to the family, so to speak. So you're absolutely <laughs> right, to family me, yeah. And Mark yeah, Hamill was also, by the way, the first one of the first to publicly defend Jake Lloyd and just say this is horrible what's going on with him. That that stuff, that's interviews in the early 2000s. So yeah, you're right about him. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing for me is you know he. Uh, from all of the various interviews and behind the scenes, Mark Hamill seemed to really enjoy being part of Mandalorian and mm-hmm. book of Boba Fett and still so impressed that he can, uh, he can sit in some positions I can't and he's older than me. So, um, yeah. but I understand, I wonder if some of this is coming from, Hey, it's fun to do those one-off things. And they, and if they kept wanting me to do like one of those every, you know, year and a half or whatever, yeah. fine. But that process for an entire movie or television series might be like, yeah, no. Well, you know, walking through it, doing the role, sitting there and coaching it while another actor goes through and does the role is fun a couple times. But maybe he does not want to. Maybe he's reacting to I don't want to do that for an entire movie or television show. I actually think you're you're right on with something there of just where he is in his in his career and and, and post Force Awakens there was I think it's fair to say a bit of a resurgence in his career though he had a obviously long successful still successful run as a voiceover performer and an actor for uh, and things from time to time of course but but there, without a doubt a bigger resurgence and appearing in things but he's had it seems to me just a lot of fun appearing in it was that that, that kind of uh, fantasy show he appeared in his role in as Jim the vampire and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> doing the shadows all those kind of things uh, and, and now this is this is like a major kind of co-starring role with with the comedy and and yeah there could be an energy of yeah you know I've done that I'm, I'm 71 now I, the 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 force uh, force center the Star Wars uh, <laughs> the force center do the interviews um you know the Star Wars uh, you know promotional machine can take a lot of time and energy and and uh, maybe he's just not that at that spot as well. And this is a, a, a nice way to answer that as well. Like, I'll come in. I'll come in. It's like, it's like I got this new job I started. I was uh, part-time only, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thursdays and Fridays. I don't want to, you know, and it may be, and I'm far from 71, closer than I wish. But uh, I, I think you're right. That could be some of, some of the big thing. And he's obviously going to be asked these questions. He's, this is what happens when you go promote a movie that isn't Star Wars, but you're from Star Wars. And and uh, that itself, that that itself is is kind of exhausting. So that's, I think that's a, a lot into it. A lot going on. Yeah. No. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Uh, the Back to the Filoni movie, though. The movie uh, that we all know 100% is going to be titled Air of the Empire, The Dawn of the New Republic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. What do we think of, of the big three again? This is one of those force center temperature uh, checks. We've talked about this. Uh, but hearing Mark kind of say, yeah, it, it, you know, age-appropriate actor, if they're going to bring him back in a major way, um, does this affect, uh, confirm, or change any thoughts that you have about that, looking towards not just Filoni's movie, but um, this era of storytelling that seems to be launching now? I think it's still totally wide open and totally possible for the big three to appear in some way in mm-hmm. Filoni's film. I think even if they... Even if it is a pretty direct retelling of an interpretation of Heir mm-hmm. to the Empire, I can see a version where some of the roles are filled by other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if that were the case, if the film stars uh, Ahsoka and Din Djarin, it's, if it's a big galactic uh, stakes, I still feel like there would want to be a sort of inclusion of how are the big three involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that... Uh, well, we know from interviews from lots of people that that earlier in this Lucasfilm era, Luke was kind of a, don't touch him. And mm-hmm. video game creators had to really pitch hard to be like, can we can we do this? <laughs> yeah. This, uh, this scene with him, uh, Battlefront 2 narrative in particular, a scene you and I both love. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, great middle Luke. Um, but I think that obviously things are, are opening up and uh, Favreau has even said at conventions, like, we started small with The Mandalorian in scope, and then we've got the keys to the characters. <laughs> yeah, uh, We can take them all off the shelf now. So I think if Filoni feels they are necessary for the story, that he's got the, the keys to the cabinet where all the characters live, including the big three. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts for me thinking about it. And then the whole the 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 idea of well how we're, we'll talk about recast or whatever but mm-hmm. i think it is pretty fascinating to see how quickly we're moving as a society where we're using the term ai is this massive umbrella term for lots of different things mm-hmm. so there's plenty of room for uh confusion mm-hmm. <laughs> uh snark concern anger uh personally with the the AI that is generating scripts um, like chat and GPT and all that. Um, I really like what, that people have been calling it uh, a plagiarism machine uh, mm-hmm. because it is, it's, it's a, it's a harsh way to say it, but it's, it's, it's the, it can only create based on a information that has already been put into it. And a lot of the controversy is things like, well, for some of the visual art AI that people have been experiment experimenting with, it's pulling copyrighted works that it doesn't actually have the right to. So there's that version of AI. And then there's what's been uh, going on with the recreation of uh, Luke Skywalker, for example, where Mark Hamill is on set. He's credited. It's not like they're trying to pull a fast one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on him, but this idea of AI in this idea of things that used to be exclusively human and organic and tactile becoming more uh, rigid, plastic generated. Um, We're all paying a lot more attention to that suddenly, partially because of the writer's strike, because anybody can just start poking at chat GPT and all these other things that I, I think it is a, a, 
more hot button issue and a differently hot button issue than it was whatever it was a year ago when mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy was talking about recasting uh, legacy roles right. or I, not. I, right. That uh, the public's eye is on this massive umbrella of everything that AI could be. And I think that might impact choices for how to handle legacy characters. The fact mm-hmm. that, that, that the larger population's eye is more on what is AI? What are we comfortable with it doing? What are we uncomfortable with it doing? And how is it going to impact our lives? It's one thing if it's just a Hollywood technology and like, mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. a computer made Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. But if you're like, and every every person who's every big boss who signs a paycheck is trying to figure out how they can use the computers that make Luke Skywalker to make me not have a job, you're suddenly going to have more opinions yeah. about computer Luke Skywalker. Even if the technology isn't directly related, it is in our imagination right now because AI is such a weird, nebulous umbrella term right now. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I've had a fascinating conversation about this at that uh, same. Uh, hang out where I was trying to explain Force Center. <laughs> I came up and I really actually agree with you on this. Um, it is this umbrella term indeed. Uh, and, and it's changed. And, and, you know, I, I had some friends, uh, still close friends of mine who just are rageful over uh, Luke in Mando and Book of Boba Fett. And, and I personally don't think that's fair. And I think the spirit of it was a little bit different. Um, uh, but anyways, not to go down that path, because uh, forever will it dominate your conversation's destiny. Um, <laughs> I, I really um, I really do uh, love what you say, uh, saying about even a year ago when Kathleen Kennedy made that uh, statement that it suddenly spawned many headlines. But even going back to 2012, uh, when this studio you know, gets purchased by Disney, this this stuff probably wasn't on the table or if it was, it was in a maybe you know, let's get to Tarkin and Leia first and then figure out from there. And I just, yeah, we know from Chuck Wendig said I had a lot of Luke stuff in Aftermath. That got pulled back. Um, I, I really agree with you, your turn of phrase there, Favreau, you know, getting the keys to the cabinet, open it up and see what you can do. So it's it's exciting. And then and going to the Filoni part of it, I think I'm warming up uh, to, more to the idea of 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 them showing up. Not that I was against it, but just that it makes a lot of sense that when I say the Filoni part of it, like he's obviously very aware that those characters exist. <laughs> and so those characters <laughs> in his timeline. And even if there is, because uh, I've seen some, I've seen some uh, reasoned uh, use of this. And then I've seen some hot take, snarky use of it of, of well, Din is this character and Ahsoka is Luke. And, you know, you have all these kind of uh, proxies for all the, the, the big mm-hmm. three or, or even Lando and Chewie too as well. And, and that's what Dave's trying to do. And uh, maybe, yeah, but I, it makes sense that those, those characters might be at the forefront. But um, just the fact that he's got Mothma in Ahsoka is one of those little things as a fan that uh, not even as a podcaster and a pundit, but as a fan, it's like, yeah, he's watching this with me, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, I love that. And so I, I actually liked hear, hearing Mark say this and that maybe others would say it. And, and you know, um, you know, hell, I don't know. Recast Billy Lord is, 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 is live. Maybe that would work. You know? <laughs> I, there's ways to do it. Um, uh, and, and I don't need them to lead this movie, but I, I, I'm excited about the possibilities of getting to find out. Uh, what they're doing in this part of the Star Wars story in this new canon modern world that we got that I, yeah, you're right. I just don't think the possibilities were even, um, 
there might have been remotely in people's minds up there at Lucasfilm, but uh, not to this degree. And it's, to me, exciting. It's all positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Final. Yeah. Go, go ahead. No, go. No, I was going to say, I think we'll just, I think we'll have a fresh round of this discussion when uh, de-aged Indy comes out later yes. this summer and that which is clearly done with Harrison Ford's blessing. He's in the film mm-hmm. um, that I think we'll have a fresh round of we do how people feel about uh, uh, computer assisted uh, legacy mm-hmm. characters versus recasting. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, you know, finding our way forward with technology. It's, it's a big, obviously a great discussion to have right now. Um, uh, so we'll see where we land uh, after that as well. And and the final question here, kind of a fun, silly one, maybe uh, with this big picture stuff we're talking about here. If they do recast Joseph, as of right now for center temperature check, do you have a preference, big name, fresher face? Where does your heart uh, take you? Oh, fresh face times a billion for, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think Sebastian Stan is great. Um, I think for me, uh, a there's a little bit of like i really associate him with bucky <laughs> so yeah. um, so bucky luke but he's a great actor so i'm sure he would do a great job i'm sure there are other famous people that i'm not thinking of who would do a great job um i i think i, I feel pretty strongly that we need more unknowns to get a chance like they used to um yeah. they just they just don't anymore i know that um Many people know that from many ways. I know from myself, from trying to sell things in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. everybody is concerned about who is attached, who can give it more oomph. Um, And that, that concern is making it harder for new people of all kinds to break in. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know that, that Graham Hamilton without, without no computers (laughs) Mm -hmm. looks a lot like Luke Skywalker. Um, yep. I just think I, I want an unknown to be given a chance because we, the audience, will have a fresh relationship with that person. Uh, and if we don't start giving more unknowns a chance, we're, we're going to miss out on other Mark Hamels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go back to that Alan Led Jr. interview clip from Empire of Dreams of like, you know, quietly whispering, I'd be lying if I said I did wasn't concerned of this cast that George was putting together. Um, <laughs> no one knew, you know, who are these people? I, well, that's And that's why a lot of the marketing, the interviews, you know, the Mike Nichols show, everything, Carrie Fisher's in the lead because hey, at least she's Hollywood royalty. We don't know these other two yep. chaps. Um, I'm with you there. Uh, no disrespect to uh, Sebastian Stan. Uh, yeah, Bucky, indeed. I, I even watched that Hulu show, the, the Pam and Tommy show. He, he did a fantastic Tommy Lee. Um, he's a great performer. He, he can inhabit this role. And yes, he strikingly looks like him a lot. But yeah, Graham Hamilton, you know, I don't know what else he's been in, but that's that's an option or someone else. And I, it's funny, you know, the the passing of, of, of the queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner, last week. Rest in peace, Tina. Uh, um, influential, iconic uh, uh, pop culture person there. And there was uh, Angela Bassett was talking about, uh, you know, when she did the uh, What's Love Got to Do With It movie in uh, 92, 93, that Tina had said, you know, you didn't you didn't play me. You found your version of you and your version of Tina in that role. And that's why it worked. Mm. And I think that's kind of what we need to. I personally would say that's what Alden did with Solo. And Han is there. It is Han at that time. It is very Han. It is very Han down to the movements. Other people don't agree. Totally fine. Totally fine. But I think that's the vibe that we need. And that's what we could find with a performer who gets a chance to find themselves in the role of Luke Skywalker. And that's what I'm uh, 
I agree with you about Alden, and I agree with you about the recasting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. You know, I thought we were kind of done with this. I just realized I scrolled down my <laughs> notes. Joe, I have a lot of notes. I, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, all right. Uh, continuing here on the news. Uh, when we when asked about appearing as Luke in the uh, Shermin uh, Obey Chinoy, a new Jedi Order film, a.k.a. The Ray film, which might not be 100% accurate, but it's definitely a positive for me. Uh, Hamill said, one thing you learn working for Lucasfilm, everything is confidential. Everything is confidential. So... Uh, if I were involved, I wouldn't be able to tell you. And if I were not involved, I wouldn't be able to tell you. So I don't know. We'll all find out together, I guess. And the Hollywood Reporter, he was a little bit more direct, uh, not quoting here, but kind of like, nah, I'm not going to be in that type of butt. So there's a lot of ways to look at that uh, there. So then we might have uh, hung out with this question before, Joseph. <laughs> let's, let's hang out with it a little bit more. It's not a giant leap to think a force ghost of Luke might appear in the film. Uh, what would the why of that be for us as of right now? And, and, and would you miss him on any level if he wasn't, if, if Mark Hamill said no thanks or just didn't call for it and it just doesn't happen? Where would you go there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, any opportunity to see uh, Luke Skywalker, to see Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker, uh, I, I would take it. Um, mm -hmm. Every time I watch a film and it doesn't have Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker in it, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> um, so definitely there'd be disappointment. But I, I would love for him to appear in this film if, if it really makes sense. And mm -hmm. I think a, a couple of quick thoughts. One, um, the last quote we had on this film was Kathleen Kennedy saying the, the new writer was hoping to turn in their draft by the end of May. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so unless uh, that writer made amazing progress, this film is going to be delayed. Um, yeah. And if it's still in the development process, this, this quote, uh, this idea of whether or not Luke makes sense in the story is still up in the air. So th that that's my just opinion of the behind the scenes reality. Um, in terms of the actual story, the narrative, I always feel strongly that the, the four spirits appear in moments of, of great need for the living Jedi. So Ray could absolutely find herself in a moment of, of needing counseling, particularly if she is wrestling with being a teacher and she's really got the, Oh, I understand. <laughs> uh, the the grumpiness on Octo. I really, really deeply get it now. I think she did in Rise of Skywalker, where she understood the fear of of mm -hmm. failing and using your power uh, in in a way that doesn't benefit others. Um, but she could really be like, "Oh man, I, I need to talk to him because I know he gets it." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if he doesn't, uh, I could also see a choice to have. Ray's reaching out for help in needing someone uh, being a connection with Ben Solo. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the dyad idea, the fact that Ben did clearly uh, disappear into the force, um, mm -hmm. I would love to see that explored as well. And maybe it would be a, a sort of thing of, we have a scene where she needs someone and maybe it would be fresh and new in an interesting way to explore the dyad if that was uh, Ben Solo instead of uh, Luke or, you know, Leia or anybody else. Uh, yeah, yeah. I um, agree with that. And yeah, the I'd be excited about the Ben Solo thing. Are there some um, challenges, I think, in convincing Adam Driver to go back to Star Wars for a lot of reasons? Not negative. Um, but yeah, I think there could be. But also... If he's still interested in exploring, uh, you know, uh, there was that sci-fi dinosaur space movie that he just was in. Uh, <laughs> Rumors of Fantastic Four, I think, as a performer, he's he's going to find what's there for him. And if it's interesting, much like Daisy Ridley coming back, it could be. And there could be something there. But I, I think um, 
I think I like the idea of, uh, I always love the idea of what, what you talk about around why the force ghosts show up and at the time of need. And, and, uh, that's all I would want, you know, a, a fireside conversation or, Hey, uncle Luke, why, why do they hate all the Jedi? <laughs> you know, what, what can we do? That kind of stuff is, is, um, would be fun for me. It'd be potentially a warm moment. Uh, a little bit of Yoda showed up for Luke in, in, in last Jedi vibe, 15 years in the future. Or maybe, I, I don't know if I even need it now, um, if, if the reality is, you know, Mark himself doesn't want to do it or they just don't feel any. The fact that at some point along the way, 15 years that Ray's had a conversation or continued conversations with um, with Force Ghost Luke would work for me as well. But I don't think I, I need it any more than that. Um, I definitely don't need him charging out uh, with a Force Ghost lightsaber and all those. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also there's something to what you're kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't want to obviously. I don't want to speak for you there, but of of that Luke Force Ghost Luke at this point, that that journey might be over. He's not saying he's going to disappear like Obi Wan and heir of the Empire, and Ray's going to have some hot chocolate. I'm just saying it might be more about Ben, right? It might be more about another character than Luke at this point. Though Luke is tremendously powerful to the story of Ray and means a lot to her. I get that, but uh, so I I uh, I am of the mind to think that this is. Uh, once the movie is written and made that I don't think Luke will be there. It's an early prediction of mine. Um, but would I miss him? Hell yeah. I'm always going to miss Luke Skywalker if, if he's, uh, if there's a potential for him to be there and always uh, going to miss having a chance to see Mark Hamill do it one more time. So that's right. Yep. yep. I'm with you. All right. We've talked a lot about Luke Skywalker. Any final <laughs> thoughts just before we move on? Uh, just, we talked about the Star Wars of it, uh, because we're a Star Wars podcast, but I, I love the entire interviews, uh, I, I, uh, about him in this, uh, this comedy film, this bonkers comedy film. And the interviews keep talking about him doing bonkers comedy is like a divergence, <laughs> mm. but the man loves comedy. He's a yeah. Laurel and Hardy Stan from back in the day. He's been doing, you know, cameos, comedy cameos since, you know, mm-hmm. the Simpsons and, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm I'm so happy for him that he gets to keep doing and exploring different kinds of uh, bonkers comedies. And if anybody who hasn't seen it, I I just cannot uh, encourage enough Brigsby Bear. It is mm. weird. I don't want to say anything about the plot. It has Mark Hamill in a bear, and that's why I went and saw it. And uh, I was not disappointed. It is about it is about fandom and, and how we interact mm. with things we love and and. There's some dark stuff and some weird stuff, but overall, it, it's a really uh, strangely heartwarming film to me. So I encourage you to check out Brigsby Bear. It's got Mark Hamill and a bear. Mark Hamill, that's a Joseph Scrimshaw. 10 out of 10 recommends here on <laughs> Force Center. Yeah, the interview is fascinating. And I'm, you know, I'm excited because he was so open about being an SNL fan and never having hosted it. I think yep. it's going to happen. I think we just got, it's our Betty White campaign. Hamlet, <laughs> the host would be amazing. He's an old song and dance man. I think it would work real well. All right. So we're going to take a quick break on the other side. Some uh, skeleton crew news on the way to you. Before we get there, though, we're going to have a Four Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, dealer's choice. I have an option. <laughs> I'm going with your option, Ken. We're going back to the High Republic. I'm really hoping to uh, get caught up on Phase 2. If you want to listen to Phase 2, you can check out Path of Deceit by Tessa Gratton and Justina Ireland. Check it out if you want. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Help yourself and help us. It's a deal. All right. Quick break. And on the side, more news here on Center. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes, until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Force Center. We're continuing to look at some Star Wars news. I'll shout out uh, the folks at Star Wars Newsnet that made uh, this one kind of slide across my news desk today. <laughs> Written by the credits for Skeleton Crew Revealed. This has been happening uh, over the last couple of years where uh, some uh, people, I can't even call it like sleuths or scoopers. It's just a website that you can all go to. At any <laughs> the WGA website is once again the source for another Writers Revealed story. 
I don't, by the way, I don't mean to sound cynical with that. I like this. I like finding out who's behind this. Uh, the website of the Still Striking Union lists series showrunner John Watts and his longtime writing partner Christopher Ford as the writers for episodes one through four and seven and eight. It is an eight-episode season. Episodes five and six are listed by being written by me, young Joe Wesner. Wesner's previous uh, previous credits are, uh, well, this, a story editor on the Hulu show Career Opportunities and Murder and Mayhem. She's a member of WGA East. However, uh, as is often the story, one uh, one list of credits does not tell the entire career. <laughs> uh, she uh, is, uh, I think you could say, in that uh, young and up-and-coming category, but she's done a lot already. Uh, she's had scripts on the blacklist and has a pilot in development at uh, uh, ABC, the offshoot of ABC, and has had uh, short films and a feature do well on the festival circuit. Joseph can tell you a little bit about that. Uh, it ain't easy to do. So uh, thoughts on the writing credits and, you know, this uh, sub-question, Joseph, the power of Star Wars to launch new names, at least for us in the fandom. Something we've discussed before, but now we have another name on the list. Yeah, no, it, it's always great uh, to, to see new names. And I think it's it's such a power uh, that Star Wars has the opportunity to to share the spotlight with the the next generation or even the same generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just hasn't been in the spotlight or in like the casting of of the Mandoverse. Uh, you know, been in a different spotlight. Come on over to the Star Wars spotlight. Um, I think that's one of the great powers of it, and I think it's one of the ways that the creation of Star Wars can echo the uh the myth and the values of Star Wars to bring more people in. So I'm always happy uh, and excited to see new writers, new directors, even younger cast members uh, get an opportunity in Star Wars. And who knows, maybe the, these people will, will be the ones who truly take up the mantle and they're the, the future uh, Favreau Filoni's or this just launches uh, a career that isn't Star Wars, but really helps them launch their career. I, I love that this is happening so much and I love that we're in such kind of a, a, a new era of it so it's yet to be seen you know if if leslie headland will do one star wars show and then she'll go on to be like the scorsese spielberg of yeah. her generation and you know be a film director who makes a million different kinds of films or if she's just like uh, like favor like i love it <laughs> yeah I'm good you know and now i do genre television shows for the rest of my life you know uh, it, it's so much about what people want their career to be but regardless of what the trajectory is there's just to me no doubt that yeah. that uh that star wars spotlight helps so yeah. that's my reaction to just the power of launching new names uh i think for uh wesner's background it's it's extremely impressive um mm -hmm. from from my hollywood perspective uh the list of credentials you know might not be uh you know bulging on imdb right. uh but the way that things actually get made in Hollywood, the way that people actually break through is they have accomplishments that create buzz around them, open doors, get meetings, uh, get people into a place where if writers are going, hey, we need somebody else to uh, script a, a part of this. We're looking around for up and comers. There are credits you need to be considered an up and comer. And uh, Wesner is clearly knocking those out of the park. Uh, just very impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely impressive indeed. None of this is uh, uh, none of this is easy to accomplish to do. Um, you know, it takes time, uh, effort, sometimes money you don't have <laughs> to get these mm -hmm. films made. <laughs> even just getting into the festivals, I'm yeah, don't want to speak for you, but it's like I, I haven't had to do this. I, I did a lot of the screenplay competition stuff back in the day, comedy festivals, just to get in. 
it takes a lot of money. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a downside of it. Uh, but anyways, she's done it. She's here. I'm excited. And and uh, I think we're in this uh, era. I think back to some of the, um, the early days of Disney Star Wars, and there were some great conversations about, hey, who else should and who else could be brought in to do this? And when you have uh, one movie a year, the chances are, uh, you know, a lot slimmer for folks. Uh, and you mentioned earlier, like, with just the actor's name. This is why I love him to death. Pedro Pascal is going to be cast in everything for the next two years, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. his his name uh, has some weight behind it right now. And you got to run with it as an actor. Uh, run with it. Uh, I think Oscar Isaac had a bit of that run and, and will again and is still going strong. But, you know, there's a little bit of like, oh, who's this guy? Uh, you know, Force Awakens is what put him on the map for the industry, not necessarily inside the Will and Davis. That was just to maybe move him forward. You know what I mean? It was, and I, I'm excited for that, but, but, but it was tougher, you know, uh, when it's just one movie a year, but now you got shows, now you got multiple episodes. Uh, some of them are not necessarily traditional writer's rooms. Like you hear that term uh, being thrown around. I still think, uh, I think of Mandalorian as a, a, a Favreau story that he, he, he gets help on, you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's mm-hmm. good. 100% right way to look at it. But but uh, this is, well, this is very much a John Watts pitch on the set of a Spider-Man movie. He and Christopher Ford have worked together for years. And um, this makes a lot of sense. And this is this is how you would kind of do it. Um, um, but uh, more names getting in there is a good thing. And it's happening. And it's been happening in, in Star Wars. And I, as much as Star Wars it, it always, by the way, could still improve. But as much as uh, it, the the franchise and and, and Lucasfilm's company took a took a little bit of uh, I think justified barbs back in the day on, on who they were bringing in to do some of these things, uh, I, I want to give them some credit for uh, continuing to pull new names uh, in as they go along. And and the the Star Wars bump, the rub, uh, <laughs> to getting uh, you know Deborah Chow had a long list of credits, very accomplished. Uh, didn't need Star Wars to justify her career, but now look at her name. Now she's. She's just a name we say, uh, you know, as if uh, she was always there. And that's what I think working Amando did for her to get to uh, uh, Kenobi. So, yeah, you never know what name is going to be uh, a future star or uh, an anchor or, like you said, moving on to other great things as well. It's just kind of fun. And it's fun. It makes me proud as a Star Wars fan that this is getting better uh, and better. So I'm excited about that. And yeah. And yeah. I, I, you know, this is one of those names that uh, you can't go into the long list of credits and say that, that are, you know, and go, all right, this is what they bring to the table, everything. Uh, you, you can look uh, and watch her stuff, I suppose. But um, I just like that. Uh, it's, it's a new name and we're going to figure this all out together. going to be fun. going to be fun. Yeah, no, I really agree. I, and I think the other thing about it, that's really interesting and exciting to me is we just, we don't know as much about skeleton crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if the way this writing is is broken down, eight episode season, it suggests a very um, three act structure, which you know mm-hmm. m- many TV shows have three act structures. But if episode through one through four are sort of a chunk, and then seven and eight is the big finale, it suggests mm-hmm. you know it'd be one thing if it was like it, she's writing every three episodes or whatever. Right, but right. the fact that this new writer is is writing the middle, the five and six as a chunk. Uh, it, it makes me really curious about the structure of uh, Skeleton Crew. If it w- will be a little bit more like the Andor structure, which really did have these, like these episodes are this story, these episodes are this story, and it, and it all adds up. I think the other thing uh, that's really intriguing to me about uh, what could we maybe 
desperately glean <laughs> mm-hmm. from this writing credit about the show, uh, Wesner's scripts um, that she's won awards for on the circuit and things that have been produced are a, a mix of a thriller, sci-fi, action, which of course also all makes sense mm. uh, for Star Wars. But I'm also just really curious if, you know, I didn't have time real quick this morning to read five, six, seven scripts. Yeah. I wonder if there's anything in her interest in her, as a writer, her focus as a writer, her experiences uh, that resonate with Skeleton Crew in particular or the story that she's telling. You know, is this a case of Watson Ford? We're looking for a great writer, a great up and coming writer, and they found one. Or is there something in her style, her experience that speaks to Skeleton Crew. Uh, I, I'm always fascinated with those kind of things, and I can't wait until Skeleton Crew comes out, mm. learn more about this writer, and there might be that aha, aha moment of, out of all of the great up-and-coming writers, maybe this is a, a reason they zeroed in on on this person. Mm. Yeah, well said. And, and final thought on this this whole situation, uh, just about Skeleton Crew, the show. I uh, found I find myself more and more excited. Uh, I, the footage at Celebration I thought was really solid and really uh, painted a picture of what we got. Uh, 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 you know, we got uh, uh, the story we talking about a couple weeks ago with Julia White uh, in the show. That was just kind of fun, and, and I'm I'm just excited that as information will start coming out. Hopefully, not through scoops and leaks and all that kind of stuff. Though this is kind of uh, that as well. We will admit it's uh, not a Lucasfilm uh, confirmed story. Um, but I, I just I, I find myself more excited for the show because we don't know, right? Because the, mm-hmm. we know the pitch, we know the elevator pitch, we know a little bit of the footage, but it hasn't uh, coalesced into a clear picture. It's just uh, the unknown is uh, tantalizing for me here on this show. Children versus the Urkel pirate, can't wait. <laughs> That's there. That there it is. Do we have a green light? Yes. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, of course, we'll keep you updated when more news on Skeleton Crew, including maybe the official uh, release uh, that was uh, hinted at in the previous story, uh, will uh, come to light. So uh, there you go. That's it for this week. Uh, big story and then a smaller story. We put it all together <laughs> in one episode here. Uh, we're going to let you know where you can find us before we head on out. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Thanks to uh, everyone who hung out with us on the Saturday Live Q&A recently. Uh, we really appreciate support. More coming uh, in June, of course. Uh, podcasts available on a lot of spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just search or find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. Patreon.com slash center, as we said up top, is where you can support us directly. Follow me at CatNapsuck or go to my website, CatNapsuck.com, for more information. I am on a little bit of a uh, not doing as much on my own right now while I kind of um, uh, navigate to... A, uh, another job here in the old uh, nerd talking space, uh, but don't worry, more things on the way, including my radio show, Pop Rock and Radio. Joseph, where can they find and follow you? Yeah, you can find me on social media at Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle, all sorts of places. Uh, I am still trying to cling on <laughs> to Twitter. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, Instagram is a great place to find me. Uh, I'm on Mastodon. Uh, I did join Blue Sky this weekend. Uh, and they're still doing the invite code thing. I don't know what I don't know if I need to post like a thousand skeets uh, in order to get uh, an invite. I don't know. I can't wait to have an invite code. I was very graciously given one uh, by by an old friend. So uh, I'm happy to be trying out Blue Sky. If you happen to be on there, uh, feel free to find me on Blue Sky, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'll plug one more time. 
the Kickstarter for the short horror film I'm working on called The Nightmare. Adorable. Uh, we got a rehearsal for it coming up this week. Ken is one of the actors. I can't wait uh, to work on that uh, with him. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, one of the things that you get through the Kickstarter is uh, you get access to see the film on a private link. Uh, the way these short films work, uh, I will spend uh, a, a year uh, pitching it to film festivals and it won't be online for a long time. So if you're interested to see the film, the Kickstarter is the way to do it for now. So if you're interested in that, you can go to Kickstarter and just search for Joseph Scrimshaw. Thank you all so much for all of your kind support. Yeah, it's been nice to see and feel. All right, that is it, my friends. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.